Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Literally unusable. (laughs) And your co-host, Spaz. Hello. And back from sabbatical, after taking some time off, uh, joining us is your co-host, Hunter. Welcome back, Hunter. Welcome back, Hunter. Whoa. That was weird. That was... Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Well done, you. you well done. The, well the, done. The, the Ensign Row drop. Yeah, my probably my, <laughs> pro, pro, probably my favorite drop on the Greatest Generation podcast. Which, if y'all aren't listening to, is a fantastic podcast, and they have some great like audio drops in there. And that's the one they use for Ensign Row, and it's just so perfect. Are like, they all like? And his name is Ensign Row. No, no, no. It's just sure, but yeah. Oh. It's just like that. It's just like that bit that Hunter played. It's just, it's like well, no, it's just they they uh they do certain things for different characters that like exhibit certain attitudes, and so Instant Row has this like attitude that's just kind of like she's a she's a tough broad, and so they play John Cena music every time they mention. Oh, yeah, like they, they, play- they have that kind of stuff for like other characters. Too. Yeah, like they play a little Irish music whenever O'Brien comes around, and uh, fucking spectacular! Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great podcast. We'll just plug that a little bit because we're big. We're all uh, at least a couple of. Do you guys listen to it? I know Hunter does. Spaz and Jim, have you heard that one? Uh, I don't even watch Star Trek. Oh, right. I don't believe in that shit. Oh. <laughs> Uh, you don't it's believe ridiculous. in ridiculous. It is freaking. <laughs> you don't. You don't believe in our socialist future. Or no, I po- like laser our, swords. And our post scarcity society. Space wizards. There are no space wizards in Star Trek. Uh, That's well, not true. No, there's Q. Well, unless you get to the and the. Oh yeah, there's, there's Q. There's Q right? and Kevin like, Uxbridge. There's Kevin Uxbridge, the Dowd, who who's a creature of special conscience. And uh, yeah, Genesis but, added an entitled race, you know, just because he was mad. Which also led to uh, one of our <laughs> greatest lines: "Good tea, nice house." You know, because of that, <laughs> because of that, someone's created uh, Wharf Yelp reviews, and it's just like reviews of things that are just like that, like good parking. <laughs> this is a warrior's car. <laughs> So, uh, folks, tonight we do not have a guest, so we have a topic. We're going to talk about this a couple of months ago, but we got sick, um, so we rescheduled it for today. But uh, when when this topic was created, X4 was fresh on our minds. Uh, It had just come out. We were all kind of in that honeymoon phase with it where we're like, oh, my God, you can do all this stuff even though this game is jank. 5.0 5.0 or whatever it is. Um, like German Jank. What, what, which game is this in the X line? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, four. it is five. No. Well, well, why do they call it four? I know, but there was oh Rebirth. So it's the fifth. There was Rebirth, oh, though. So it's the fifth game. Yeah, but we game. agreed to never speak of that. Right. Um, but we got on the topic of usability because uh, 
the X series is a excellent example of how usability has evolved in space games. I guess games in general, but space games throughout its life. Because, folks, if you've never played a um, X game, let, let me sit you down and tell you a story. Uh, they're convoluted as hell. <laughs> It, it feels like they're made by economists rather than game designers sometimes. Do you know what I mean? And so getting from point A to point B in terms of usability in the game is just not great. And they've gotten better. <laughs> like, and sometimes you start up a game and you go, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like they've gotten better. Like X4 is probably the most usable of the series, but that's still not saying a lot because <laughs> it still has. Yeah. Lots- X, X's problem is like the map has some wonderful stuff going on as far mm-hmm. as controllability. Mm-hmm. And yet the map also hasn't figured out how to organize information without it stepping on other elements. So you oh, actually geez. will have a pile of, of oh windows God. that are transparent that and will I stack love, on top of each other. I, I love what they're trying. I love what they're trying to do with the map. I think the map is great, but yeah, they need to work on that sort of that sort of UX stuff. Yeah, you know, because it's it's sometimes I'm just like, that's really cool. Give me a spreadsheet, you know, because some of those things just need to be displayed. Honestly, what would be cool is divide the screen in half. Half of it is an Excel spreadsheet, and the other half is the map. And then whenever you mouse over things on the spreadsheet, it draws a line to it on the map and vice versa. Oh, that really? I think would, would be the bestest thing. It would be great. But, so, yeah. uh, so folks, uh, I, um, I tried to find a bunch of, uh, factors as to what goes into, uh, usability. And, uh, I came up with about 10, uh, there's some that are in game and some that are out of game. And if anyone wants to jump in and, um, correct me or come up with new ideas, uh, either in the chat or here, of course, then let me know. But uh, the in-game usability factors I, I singled out are situational awareness, which is really important, especially in first-person like fighter games, uh, ease of accessing information, in-game navigation, which we're playing spaceship games, so that's important, uh, ship or entity management, like whether it's a space station or your ship or whatever, and interacting with the world. So those are the five factors I came up with for in-game usability. Does that sound good to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. And out-of-game usability, um, the uh, the accessibility of the settings, like is it easy to get through the menus and whatnot, uh, save game management, which some games get horrifically wrong and main menu design, which is not just the settings, but you know, getting into the game, loading a save, that sort of thing. So I can't, I've come up with a list of games. I think have good usability, all right, usability and poor usability and anyone you can all feel. And if you have any um, additions to to, uh, these, feel free to add them. By the way, I'm very tired today, so I might sound a little scattered. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to last. Uh, but I want to start with games with good usability. So I have some examples here. For example, I think Free Space 2, and I've brought this game up before, but I think Free Space 2 has excellent usability. It's still, I think, the most usable space 
fighter combat game ever made. Uh, I don't know if anyone can disagree with that. <laughs> um, I think 3030 Death War has excellent usability. Yes. That, that, game, that game, like, it, it just makes so much sense. It's, like, not complicated. It's easy to get to anything and do anything. And and it's interactive, like interacting with the world and getting missions and stuff just feels fluid and natural, you know. Now, some it's all might, intuitive. It's so it's intuitive. It's a huge bonus. It's so intuitive. Uh, another one I thought of was Starfleet Armada, uh, which I don't know. Not, and I'm not talking about Star Trek Armada, not the RTS game. I'm talking about the um, the kind of. 90s-esque roguelike thing that came out a year or two ago, Starfleet Armada Rogue Adventures. Now, say what you want now, about that game. Now, UI looks daunting after it lo- that. It looks... Re- yeah, yeah, exactly. Screenshots do not do it justice. But you could play that game entirely with a mouse, controlling every character and doing everything, and all you need is a mouse and two buttons. And or the works. keyboard. Or the keyboard. Just the keyboard. Or a game or pad. a hybrid of both. Yeah, or yeah. a hybrid or a gamepad, and and just the fact alone that you could use these multiple control methods to do these varied mini games. Because there's like, you say about a dozen mini games in that game. Is because there's yeah sounds about right. Yeah, but there's this planetary landing. There's probe launching. There's gathering gas. So yeah, I mean. Getting around, it's a very. It looks daunting. I mean, it looks when you look at the screenshot, you're like, "Holy crap!" Um, but it's actually insanely usable. Uh, I think and you can even set up your control scheme for each individual minigame. Oh, that's right! I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I never did that, so I've, that's why I forgot about it. I'm like, "This is fine. I don't need to play with this." But that you can do that—that's great. Yeah. Um, I think Adios Amigos has fantastic usability because that's a game with fully realistic physics, orbital physics, everything. And yet you can just play with a gamepad, land on planets, no problem. It's like, what if we had the physics of Kerbal Space Program, but but an interface that's a thousand times better? (laughs) That's pretty much Adios Amigos. If you guys haven't played that game, by the way, it's amazing. It's Man, great. It's so good. Now, I, I might get some flack for this one, but I think uh, the original Master of Orion, f- especially for its time, has excellent usability. Uh, it's it's a it's twenty five years old. No, twenty six years old this year now. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> it's twenty six years old, you guys. That's a lot of years. Oh. Oh jeez. Okay, that just hits you sometimes. <laughs> anyway. We're yeah, old. Yeah, we are. Um, but that game is still so playable today. And it does not take... Like, I, I still understand why everyone's ma- emulating Master of Orion 2, because that game's like 10, 15 times more complicated than Master of Orion 1, and doesn't need to be. You know? Because you get all the same... Gameplay fun from Master of Orion 1 with a much simpler interface. I don't get that. Like, why is everyone trying to emulate Moo 2? Um, now, this game, 
uh, was a surprise to me, but the first time I played Nexus the Jupiter Incident, it I thought it was going to be really daunting. You know, it's like, oh, fully tactical 3D starship combat, like real time. This is going to be crazy, but it's got such an elegant interface. You know, it's so elegant that it's just, it, it's so easy to manage one or multiple starships with multiple systems, targeting, everything. It, it's just, it, like, it, like, you look at the game, you're like, oh God, how can I manage this? But it's great. It's shockingly great. And, um, yeah, I was, I, I, it took a lot, I, I, I thought a lot about these and that one was a surprise to me. Uh, Elite Dangerous. Say what you want about Elite Dangerous. It has a good, it has good usability. It really does. I mean, the menus are easy. Everything makes sense. Whether you're using head tracking VR or just the keyboard to move around the menus and everything, it's easy to do what you need to do. It's just sad there's nothing to do in the game itself. But flying around your spaceship and managing things and navigating, yeah, that's really not hard. And the final game that I was going to suggest is um, Objects in Space, which, if you look at it, it's like it's it's mouse and text driven. You like type, you, you know, if you look go, if you log in your if you go into your mail, you go to a terminal and type mail. Like, how can this be easy? But like, it like feels really right. If you haven't played it, it like feels like an efficient, elegant submarine sim in space where everything is that needs to be mouse controlled is and everything that needs to be text controlled is. Yeah. I feel like where that game wins and loses is in skeuomorphism because it simulates skeuomorphism. Kind of like how, if you, you make a digital thing, but you make it look like it's real world mundane thing, you know? So like my, my notepad in my digital thing actually looks like a spiral notebook on the screen. Or whatever you know, like your calendar. Remember, like the oh. old uh, old iPhones had a calendar that actually looked like a leather bound calendar. Oh, so here they have actual like toggle switches that you flip and big red buttons that you you know you flip the cover and then push the button. That kind of skeuomorphism stuff. Right. Um, so it's a digital approximation of a real thing because you know mm. in real life if you saw that thing, what you'd do with it. So. That's how they kind of message that, um, which works. The downside of that is that you have to flip levers and crap, <laughs> right, <laughs> in order to operate the ship. But that's kind of the charm of it. Oh, it's so um, charming. But, it's but so have charming. you ever gotten in an intense fight in that game? Because uh, it's just got, like, oh, God, what should I be doing? I've if gotten in several atten- intense runaway sessions. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, look, there's an asteroid field. I'm going to fly through that. I'm going to zig and zag through that and try and lose them. I did once. Yeah, there's great. that game is very difficult to play. Yeah. Uh, but it's very much on purpose. Oh, so God. and a lot and it's all about interacting with the ship. It's not so much like, oh, the game's hard because of other reasons. It's it's like, no, the controls are purposefully in your way, but it's not an offensive way. It's like this no. is part of the fun. Yeah, like like when you have to like in the middle of a fight, like oh, this thing that I really need is broken. I gotta run over to the engineering room, unscrew this thing, open it up, turn it off, fix it, turn it back on, unscrew everything. Like, and you're still being shot at, and you're like, ah, it's it's really it's great. 
Like, there's really no it's other game like like Deep it. Sixed in that regard. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but it, this is even more con. I don't know about convoluted, but complex because Deep Sixed was a little more efficient in its UI. Like, yeah, I'd agree get, with that. Get the get the thing from the room and drag it to your inventory, then drag it to where it needs to be. This is like, I don't know if you guys have played Deep um, uh, Objects in Space, but like to fix a thing, you have to figure out which system it is. Go there, turn it off, unscrew the screws for the cover, open the cover, <laughs> remove the thing that's broken, replace it with a, a new thing, put the cover back, <laughs> turn it on, reconnect it to the ship. So it's like a dozen steps at least to fix like one thing. And if you don't have a spare for that part that's broken, yeah, good luck at that. <laughs> I don't know about you, Jim. Uh, have you got, uh, uh, have you guys played it, uh, Spazzin? Have you guys played Objects in Space yet? I, I played the. No, actually, no. I have not played Objects in oh, Space. Okay. Okay. Well. Yeah, um, I, don't th- I don't think I have. Okay. Well, each um, each system has specific components it can use, and you can buy those components in any station. So it's good to have a few on hand for when things do break. Um, and if you don't, you can't, you just can't fix it. You're without that thing. Like you might lose your map or you might lose an engine and you can't fix it. <laughs> so it's like, Oh shit. Um, but even with that purpose, that, that purposeful complexity, um, it's still a great, still great usability. Really, really great usability. I think. Uh, can you guys think of any uh, games you'd like to contribute to the list that have, in your opinion, really good usability? It doesn't have to be a space game. I mean, that's a focus, of course. But if you th- if something else comes to mind, don't hesitate to um, uh, shout it out. I'm going to say, because I praised it pretty heavily whenever we had the dev on a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, Star, Star Dynasties mm. is pretty huge on it. Yeah, I agree with that one. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah that's a really... And then- yeah, and then uh, the other one is Nexus. Yeah, Nexus. Because yeah, that thing. It, Sh- shockingly you know, it, it hits good. On, right? It hits on all cylinders, right? So it, it, yeah, shockingly good. Like you look at the box and you're like, oh boy, <laughs> how hard is this going to be? But I, I got mean, a few I can throw in. Oh yeah, and, and also for for the negatives, I, I got to throw in Distant Worlds Universe. Oh come on, fine. Oh god, fine. Everything, everything uh, but the UI is great. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> I can't really. Uh, I was gonna say for like usability, yeah, uh, I, I I like how fractured space does things. Really? I don't yeah, think I, played it, en- I don't think now, I played enough of it. Go ahead. Uh, it's definitely come uh, a long way okay. from like where it's first started, but like I, I definitely feel that. It's unfortunate because it's essentially a space MOBA, which is not mm. like necessarily a bad thing, but that's kind of uh, the gameplay mode that you're in. But controlling the ships is actually hella easy, and mm. I think I think definitely playing with friends is a lot of fun in that as well. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of like any other games, space games specifically that I like where usability is just fantastic. 
Um, not necessarily like a space game, but classic RTSs like StarCraft have pretty good usability and, mm. and fun. I do love, uh, speaking of RTSs, where, um, where uh, like, there's no, like, standardization at all in the UI of those games. Like, at all. It's really great. <laughs> Especially in the mid-90s where everyone was making an RTS. And some people use left click. Some people use right click. It's like, can you guys figure it out? <laughs> Please? Yeah, now but, that MOBAs are on the scene, it's like QWERT um, has become yeah. a whole different set of controls as opposed to what it used to yeah. Uh, Sp- Spaz, you said you had a couple? Yeah, uh, I would throw in Rebel Galaxy. Is this for good because, usability? For good. Okay. Cuz I found it to be I found it to be fine for for okay. in terms of information and uh situational awareness. It was all there for me. Right. Um I'd also throw in Space Rangers HD. Uh. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll give you that one. That's a really good ad. Um, yeah, because that game has so much going on, and yet you moving around the universe yeah. is not a complex affair, even though there's a billion things yeah. going on around you. That's a good point. That's a real good point, and actually. And the, the, the third I would throw in there would be Star Traders Frontiers. Mm, okay, that's... Ooh, all right. All right, yeah, no, I'll give you that one. There's a lot going on with that game too, but they they've guys, if you haven't played Star Traders Frontiers, put that high on your list cuz not only is it a great game, but they are they are constantly constantly making it better. Uh Memory Leak Death over in our Discord says uh House of the Dying Sun. Hmm. Okay, I I yeah, I guess I can go with that one. I don't I it's pretty simple. I'm I'm unfortunate. I, I feel it's unfortunate that yeah. um, he ripped out my joystick code and just went with a gamepad. I'm not salty. I'm just, I'm still salty about what Enemy Starfighter used to be and what House of the Dying Sun became. I'm I'm still yes. That is my gripe with that as well. It's, it's not bad for what not, it is no, now. It's great dogfighting. It is great dogfighting, but it's this short linear campaign where before it was like this big open map where it's like, where can I cause trouble? Let's go over here. Let's go over here. It's so great. Uh, I'm still sad about that. Maybe someday, maybe someday he'll redo it. I don't know what he's up to now. Was that his only game? I think it might've been his only game. Um, I'll have to check in with him. I haven't talked to him in a while. So yeah, I think we can all agree. House of the dying sun has good usability. Be, I mean, beyond our uh, beyond the various opinions of the gameplay itself, <laughs> uh, usability wise, that's a pretty solid game. Yeah, I I too miss the joystick yeah, stuff. No comment. Yeah, I I too miss the joystick stuff, but getting that good dogfighting with a gamepad, yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. Well, not necessarily a space game. Okay, but. Well, actually, no, I take that back. What? Pulsar. So. Hmm. Pulsar is interesting 
because there's a lot of things going on at once. It's true. It's true. And I like the the simplicity of just like walking up to something and clicking on it. So they don't make it too overly complex, I don't think. Mm. Which is nice, right? Like you're not like uh you're not doing the whole I don't know what to do with my hands. Um but then on the flip side to that, a, a game that is not a space game, but it is in that genre would be um Guns of Icarus. Now oh, yeah. So the thing about Guns of Icarus though that is the gripe and and and, and tough is learning how to fly. Learning yeah. how to fly is a mm. hurdle in that game. Mm. So would that knock it down to, because I also have games with okay dis, uh, usability. Would that knock it down to okay usability? Yeah, that was think? my segue. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, no. I, I, no that's it great. has quite the learning curve. Yeah. It does. It does. That's a good point. That's a good point. No, that's, that's a good seg. That's a good seg. I like that. Um, so that's a good list of games with really good usability. That's a good list. All right. So now we're going to move on to the... Eh, Usability, you know, the, eh, it's all right. Could be better. Uh, I'm going to go out there and say Drox Operative. Wonderful game. Wonderful game. The UI, it's a bit, it can be a bit much sometimes. Really? Because, I mean, it's like, have you played Diablo? Well, it's yeah, the same, I know. Yeah. that. That's, that's my issue with that, too. Like, managing the inventory especially. Like there are a few that that that's probably my biggest gripe with Drox Operative and many ARPGs is inventory management. Like yeah, but I feel like it cashes in on familiarity though. Yeah, it's like it, it, it might be yeah. bad, but it's the same bad that you know and like. Yeah, that's probably true. It's it's excessively bad. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it's not terrible, but it could be better. I think like if even if it just had like some kind of sorting function maybe or something. Um, but, and, and that's also like a lot of people have hurdles with that game because it's, um, it's different than other ARPGs cause there's no like rooms and like, you know, I, I kind of feel, I hate to knock this against it, but this, a lot of the complaints I get about this game when I tell people about it is like, I couldn't get how to do anything. I'm like, it's a, you're in a star system. You fly around and fly planets and shoot stuff. How complex is that? But some people seem to have issue with that. Like they need rooms and corridors and stairs. I'm like, all right, I guess <laughs> I don't get it. But um, yeah, sadly, some I mean there there are things that prevent that game from clicking with people, which makes me very sad. Um, I don't know if you guys. I remember, don't. Oh, good. No, you go ahead, please. No, no, I was going to move on to the next game. What were you going to say? Oh, I was I was going to mention a different game that I didn't quite know where to put it because mm. on one hand, part of the game has great usability and it is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, there's a completely different side of the game that has poor usability and makes you just want to rage. <laughs> and Can you guys it. guess it? Can you guys uh, guess it? Uh... Warhammer. What? Ha- what? Oh. No, no, no. Think, think about it for a second. What space game do you know of that has something that's really awesome in it 
but has something that's really crappy that makes you not want to play. Oh, yeah, Star Citizen. <laughs> is that where you were going? Uh, no, I no, was uh, no. Star Trek I, I, I got it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, it's yeah, the same. Star Trek Online it's, was going to be the, oh, oddly, the thing because it is exactly so. the same problem. I don't want to do any of that bullshit with my boots. I want to do yeah. it in the spaceship. Yeah, and that that's is... where both games fuck up. So mm. one more than the fair, other. Fair, fair. Yeah, like I, I really enjoy Star Trek Online, but whenever I have to do an away mission, it's like, oh fuck. And you know what I think would fit? They don't. They don't... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say there's just really not a lot of compelling stuff there. Now it's not. It's not that like it's boring. Like do tricorder shit. It's not that. It's mm-hmm. it's like. The there's not uh, the the combat system doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, it turns it into a different kind of play style than what you're doing up in space. As we're like the space stuff is like all action, mm-hmm. and then everything is like interrupted with all kinds of weirdness. I don't know. The ground missions are really hard to describe. Wait, They're wait, not I, compelling at all. I think what kills me about the ground missions is that they make you walk slow and run slow to make the missions feel larger than they actually are. That's what gets me every fucking time I do a ground mission. It's like, why am I just trudging along? I'm supposed to be this fit Starfleet officer, you know? And yet I'm just like, well, the the stuff that I hate is when you, when they FedEx you in the same mission, you know, it's like run up here and do these things and then talk to this guy and then, oh, yeah, talk to this other person. Where are they? Way back at the place that you beam down at. So I got to run the hell back over there and and, ha- and have like a two-word conversation with somebody and then run all the way back up to the front. It's like, oh, my God. And then, uh, you know, it's, it, being Star Trek, right, it's like shouldn't be a lot of violence, whatever. And then they throw that out because it's like, oh, Klingons are beaming down. 5,000 Klingons are beaming down. <laughs> two at a time kill them and it's like mm. yeah. the the combat is bad so just take it out if the ground combat yeah. stuff wasn't there the ground stuff would be so better right because i don't really care about shooting hand phasers and sh- yeah the space if the is- ground if oh, the ground okay. stuff was was actual exploration mm. and and you actually have to do say diplomacy as your you know, having to negotiate between different factions, that sort of thing, uh, mediate situations where you're not actually focused on combat. Right. Like, how often did great. Picard get a phaser out? Wasn't often. Nope. The so, line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. There are four lines. There are four lines. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. Oh. Anyway. There are four yeah, it's a shame because the space stuff in Star Trek Online is great, and they have so much content. And whenever I start playing, because yeah. I'm like, I love Star Trek, I want to get to D Space Nine. Oh god, another now, now go, now go just, beam, now go beam down over here and, and save the Tribbles. Yeah, okay. So it's it's just like that's what's so great about Eve, even though Eve has its own problems. But it's like you never leave the ship. Oh, I'll like, get to that. I'll get to Eve. <laughs> It's like Interstate yeah. Interstate seventy six. Don't get out of the car. I don't want to get out of the ship. Basically. Yeah. Well, if they if they would re roll Star Trek into something like 
MechWarrior Online slash War Thunder slash World of Tanks, I would play the shit out of some Starfleet World of Tanks. Oh, yes. You know, like, advance up through the tech tree. Give me a frigate. I have to go in and win. You know, they could call it, like, the Star Trek Online Tactical Simulation. Can't you, can't you blah, do blah, that? Blah. Like, doesn't doesn't STO have a thing like that? I thought it, it did. It's got PvP, but uh, it's uh, unfortunately, there's nobody playing it. Uh, no, no, there is. There is. You just have to get in with the communities that are doing it. Well, because it's all private invite, right? Well, yes. Because PvP doesn't matter. It, yeah. it right. doesn't really matter. There's no advancement. In other words, you have to go up with the with the top groups that are playing. Like you have to join their fleets and do their like stuff with them. like they're like you get in and you get on like anytime you get into STO, just go sit in your ship outside of like Earth Space Dock or Deep Space Dock. There's there's always like fifteen to twenty ships just sitting there, and those are people. Yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah, there's people I, in there. I, I guess my point though is more that uh, I, I really wish that it was a game where combat was the advancement, right? Where it's like, you know, you, you, you go, you fight so many times and you get awarded like points that you spend on a ship or upgrades for a ship or whatever. Just, just make it damn world of tanks. Essentially. If you ever played world of tanks, that's the game I want, but I want to do that, it. Maybe D7. that's that timeline. Is that that timelines game? Maybe Star Trek timelines. Maybe that's, uh, that's some mobile bullshit. Oh, there's a there's a Steam version, isn't there? I thought there was. Yeah, but isn't it like a a deck building card game know. or some crap? No, no, it's not. It's uh, not. No, you're it you're thinking of there is another game that is a deck building style. Oh, game. so what is Timelines then? Is that actually ship uh, combat? It it is ship combat, but it is very limited in in its scope. Uh, it would be along the lines of. The combat in endless space. Oh God! But without yeah. the cards, you're oh, you're actually God. selecting your actions. But then uh, you select your actions, and then they take time to charge up, and then uh, uh, so kill days, me. Like MMO combat. <laughs> no, no, no. The game is real time. It's just that these the the meters will charge up as you're actually in the combat, and it's oh, pretty. So, but it's, well, it's cooldown based. Then, but uh, but I'm saying that kind of makes it turn based because if the okay, so what makes the difference is do do the actions share the same cooldown timer or does each one have its individual cooldown timer? Because individual charge up and cooldown. Okay, so that's better. But the rest of the combat in real time, and yeah. the, the ship auto attacks. But the one of the main problems with timelines, and and I played it on my tablet for quite a bit before I dropped it is because it's pay to win. It's oh, just icky. it's severely oh. pay to win. I think you're thinking of Star Trek Adversaries, right? Is that what you were saying earlier? The card Adversaries is the other one, yes. Yeah, yeah. that's what meant. And that's really also dead. pay to yeah. win. Oh jeez. Yeah, I, I was in the beta for that and I I said Why is it so hard to no, get a Star don't Trek? get this when it comes out. Do not get this when it comes out. Why is it so hard to get a Star Trek game right? I don't get that. There's so I don't know, games. like there was good ones, but they're like you, you're hard to find. They're uh, hard to find. They're not re-releasing them. They're not re-releasing. They're hard to find. Um, they don't all run well. Uh, and like, like let's go back to Star Trek Online. Like they seem to be putting all of their freaking content into that basket. Like, why not make yeah. a Star Trek Discovery game? 
Why not have a game where we're Lorca or something? That might be fun, but no. I, I, no, you know what? I hate to say it though, and I, and I'm being honest here. I don't think anybody would buy early. I mean, not like, <laughs> of, of course, of course there's going to be people that are going to buy it, but like, I don't think it's going to be like sustainable. Like you're not going to see a huge profit return mm, on a Star Trek discovery game. There's, there's, I like love it or hate it. I don't really care, honestly. I Me mean, personally, I'm not a fan of it, but like there mm. are people that do enjoy it. Mm. Um, the the greatest gen guys being some of them, which kind of shocked the crap out of me. But yeah, like, they they like I, that and don't like the Orville. I do not understand that at all. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing that's kind of interesting to me about like Star Trek in general as an IP as a, as like a game thing. Where I think after Star Trek 2009, they came out with a Star Trek 2009 game. And then like after that, I feel like everything else has been either mobile schlock or they've done some VR shenanigans with Bridge Crew. Now, Bridge Crew isn't necessarily bad, but it's a one trick pony, right? It's very much. It does that. It does that trick very well, mind you. Yeah, but, right. But, but I'll agree. It's it's a one trick pony. It's very impressive trick. Don't get me wrong. But like at the end of the day, you're not playing it on a regular basis or very often. Um, as for Star Trek Online, they're throwing everything at Star Trek Online, and to uh, I think that's the problem that Star Wars Galaxies ended up suffering by the end of its life cycle, mm. right? Yeah. So like Star Wars Galaxies, when it first came out, it was like this, the timeline it takes place in was between episodes four and five, A New Hope and Empire. Like that's where you were placed in the galaxy far, far away. It was a very complex game, very in depth. And then they started going in and adding prequel movie content to it. And it mm. got really interesting because they added in like, Trial of the Wookiees and Mustafar and like the ghost of Obi-Wan and you know, you can get General Grievous's ship and uh, all that stuff. And then uh, mm. they, they turned it into a wow clone, not necessarily in a bad, um, but like they just started throwing everything star Wars into like one, yeah, one thing. And I'm just like, well, clone armor, like, why does that person have clone armor? That's not, it's, you know, it's like, it's like you ever like go like talk to a Renaissance festival, like fanatic, they'll, yeah. they'll look at you and be like, that's not period. Like you can't wear that. <laughs> what are you wearing? God, what are you wearing? That's garbage. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like Gorgots didn't come into fashion. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I feel like that's the same kind of issue that Star Trek online is getting is is they're throwing every iteration because at this point there's there's like three or four different versions of star trek in one game now and while people can divvy up their lore any way you you want to it makes it makes it really weird like it it it, it, it's it's too many things existing at the same time in one space no pun intended but like you see, you know, you know, you know, I'm, you know where I'm going with this. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just think that's going to end up hurting them more than it's going to help them. But who knows? I could be wrong. I mean, only only having one game to like only one like thing to throw your stuff at, you're not really losing out because it's an already established game. You just have to, you know, have them develop a few more extra assets, Apparently. get a guy to do some voiceover. Or- 
Apparently it has people still playing it. Like apparently it's got a decent population. I mean it's on two consoles, right? It's on PS4 and Xbox, right? As well as the PC. And PC, yeah. Yeah, so I mean it's got a fairly healthy um population, so I guess why not? It's, it's basically if you want to play Star Trek. Well, that's your choice. That's pretty much, unless you want to try and go back and get Dominion Wars running or something. Good luck with that. Just Starfleet yeah, Command. Yeah. yeah. I just damn it, I just want Starfleet battles. That's all I want. I want to play freaking Starfleet battles with people um and and stick it in the uh an engine that's like uh gothic armada is using right except starfleet and we're done that that's it because hmm. <laughs> basically it would be old school starfleet command right just updated engine and yeah. isometric view better camera better all those things and and elevations to deal with because yeah. you know yeah yeah it's space uh- that's well, I mean, I, the, the Starfleet yeah. Command was always flat plane. Yeah. But Star well, Trek in general is always flat plane. Look at, like, the big Dominion yeah, but War if you look battles. At Gar- like, if, if you look at Battlefleet Gothic Armada, it is also flat. Yeah. Right? It's tabletop. It's, it's an accessibility. So, thing, yeah. I'm cool with that. But that's also that's also kind of the the trope of science fiction, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the thing specific to Starfleet that you have six shield facings. And then if you want to take that and instead of six shield facings, like make it make it a polyhedron like a like a D12. Oh, God, you know, no, I don't <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. So, uh, you know, I, I just need to worry about, you know, is is it hitting me on the left side or the right side, front or back? We're good. Yeah. But I oh, God, I miss Starfleet Command. Wow. I miss that game. Yeah. But I can't stand to look at it. <laughs> like if I put the old one on. Mm, Oh, memory leak death over in uh, Discord has an interesting notion. What about like a bat like Battlestar Galactica deadlock in Star Trek? That could work. Yes. Yeah, that I could, could that exactly could work that. No, that could exactly work. that. That could work How, great. Yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars. You can take any of those tabletop systems, drop them in that engine, and you're good. Right, which is what I told the dev when he was on the thing. Yeah, you know, like yeah, back when, right? Is please don't make me fight space shrimp, but if you can please put in workshop support so that people can put in a whole bunch of IPs that you can't, and we'll get this done. <laughs> and well, we got BSG, which is cool, but I would oh god, if it was Star, imagine how better it would sell if it was Star Trek or Star Wars instead of I guess BSG. Maybe BSG is a cheaper license. I don't. Maybe it's yeah. It's, well, it's not, a desperate it's prob- license. Nobody well, was making it. For well, not it. only that, it's probably a less complex license to get your hands on. Like who the fuck? Yeah, and the last see, the last BSG game was BSG Online, which was, was not great. Heavily paid to win. <laughs> yeah, not great. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's accurate. Uh, Excelsior over on uh, Twitch says, "I just want to play Warf so everyone can ignore my input and do what they wanted to do anyway." <laughs> You know, not be able to open doors. We understand. <laughs> Just have everyone tell you no. That's the title of the game. No, Worf. That's the title of the game. Just no. <laughs> Belay that order. <laughs> Just once, I wanted Worf to say, I think I think that we should approach them in a friendly manner. And then Picard would be like, shields up. Let's 
starch lasers. <laughs> he'd have to he'd have to use reverse psychology on Picard <laughs> to get them photons long. God, that'd be funny. All right, some other games that I put down with okay usability. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Beyond Soul. A really fun, like, action RPG slash city builder game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good game, but the UI was, it could have been better. Um, I'm going to say Master of Orion 2 has merely okay usability. I, it, it's more complicated than it needs to be, I think. Um, the Wing Commander series. Not the best usability. Not the worst. Really? It's not great. Because it, it was like, what, like terrible. A for autopilot and C yeah, for communication. But, it, it, and- but, but it also, like, after you play... Okay, I'm going to just be honest. After you play Free Space 2, just about anything pales in comparison. So Yeah, but, but even- I don't feel a giant rift between Wing Commander and Free Space 2. To me, Free Space but- 2 is just more of that. Right, like, but here's what I'm you know, saying. You don't have to listen to Maniac run his mouth, thank right, God. But here's and- what I'm saying. The, the, the space flight part of the wing commander games is not the primary thing. That's just yeah. this part to get you from one part of the story to the other. So the space combat is ultimately really simplistic. Overall. Yeah. All right. So, so let me ask you a question then. Uh-huh. Uh, as far as the feel of space flight, and this could be like a four hour podcast argument Ooh. on this one, right? All right. Is sure. D- in star Wars, you got roll with the yaw. Right. Mm-hmm. So whenever you turn left or right, the ship would kind of pitch down a little bit. And in the in the Wing Commander games, it was just pure input X or Y. Right. So it felt a little more like flying a desk because the ship didn't have a, a third dimension to its, uh, you know, unless you induce it. You know, if, if you want to go up or down, you got to push or pull on the stick. And with Star Wars, if you just lean it to the side, then the ship has a little bit of, of a pitch response and, to that as well. And that felt so great. It that did, didn't great. it? Like, yeah. And, and I believe Free Space does that as well. A little bit. So maybe yes, a little more subtle. Well, yeah. the, X, the X-Wing Alliance added roll. Yeah. Well, yeah, they all had roll. Yeah. Um, well, but, but then you had to hold – well, in the earlier X-Wings, you had to hold, to hold the second the button. Button two, yeah, to roll. Right. To yeah, roll, exactly. So yeah, having having actually foot pedals yeah. in the thing was great. But I mean, you even even games of its time like Tie Fighter, X Wing, Star Crusader had more tools for situational awareness and targeting and whatnot than Wing Commander did. Like Wing yeah. Commander was really simplistic. So I think that's kind of a mark in its favor, but I also think it's a mark against it. Like it's a little too well, it, simple. It, it, it had more simplicity, but it gave up feel. And mm. I think the feel was the return on investment for the feel was better. It's kind of a you shame know? that the so, one that f- it's kind of a shame that the one that felt best was prophecy. The last one It had the best engine, the best flight engine, you know, the best graphics engine. And it felt more like free space and tie fighter than any of the others. Yeah. How was the story though? Because I don't remember it was anything all right. other you, than you fought like, space hey, shrimp. Alien. You, you would have hated you fought you, you fought space shrimp. You would have hated it. Um, yeah, but they were blue. 
I think. So that's okay. It's the pink ones that freaked me out. Blue or green or something. They weren't pink. They weren't pink. Um, The thing thing I remember about Prophecy was they changed the explosions so that they all looked like the special edition Death Star explosion (laughs) with that ring that comes out. Oh, the ring, yeah. 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 Yeah, It was like they they went Lucas to the max with that thing. Yeah, but it's kind of a shame that was the last game of the series with, you know, the best engine. Um, I think even though I love the game, I think Star Trek Klingon Academy has all right usability. It could be better, but considering how much it's modeling, it does a pretty good job with it's like, I, I, who, who has played it? I know Hunter, you've played it, right? And I think, I know you've played we did it. a Jim. community tonight with it. Yeah. Spaz, you play, have you played Klingon Academy? Uh, only briefly. Uh, okay, but do you remember the number system I'm talking about, where it's like yeah, one yeah. is helmed? Yeah, yeah, that was it was. I mean, it wasn't the best, but for for all the stuff you I, had available, yeah, to there, you, it was. You had really a lot good. of stuff you could do, but I thought yeah. that whole like, oh, I have to memorize a sequence of numbers. You know, it's like to to execute commands. It's like what what's my phone number? <laughs> Um, you know, it's like well, one given three, how five, much two. had to be done. Yeah. Given how much had to be done, it it's not surprising that they went with that system. Did it support voice commands? It, well, it, not natively, but at the time there was a thing like called Game Commander that I used. Right. Where I, I it took me like hours, but I input every freaking command into the game <laughs> into game command. But it, but did you put them in as a sequence of commands? So if you were like you know, powered oh, engines. Oh God, yeah. It was like oh, God, free for yeah. engineering and. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You would. You would have all these macros. You know, all these macros where it'd be like you know, pa- set powers settings for cloak. You know, or whatever, and it would like go one, two, one. You know, and and it'd be great. It was like, yeah, I'm in fucking charge of this shit, and it was great. It's great. Um. But, yeah, the uh, thing I didn't like about that game was how easy it was to ram other ships, and then you oh just my bounce god, off. like everybody that rammed everyone. Old. Like in Star Trek, ramming should be freaking catastrophic, and yet in this game, it's like doink, doink. It's like two diecast cars just going boink, boink, and like that's really like it's not like you would think yeah. ships like that ramming each other would be like crunch, crunch, death. Ah, nope. Not really. Just kind of boink. So yeah. Well, because it would have been game over really quick for I most know. people. So just have, don't have them ram each other for God. Whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. That that's probably the biggest complaint about that game is the ramming. I mean that. Uh, so hats off to Sulu who never ran into anything. So <laughs> I gotta say, um, I was actually gonna mention. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. On the other hand, there's the Bozeman maneuver. <laughs> Yikes! What were you gonna say? Uh, I was actually gonna mention another game entirely, which was uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Oh, what's I don't think uh, I played that one. Rogue Squadron actually is that. I would I would say it has pretty decent usability. I wouldn't say it's like amazing. Um, the flight okay. in it was pretty straightforward, but it's also that arcadiness. So like you're not doing. You know, you're not really flying upside down. There's not a lot of, you know, it's that um, limited 3D space that you're flying around in, you know? Yeah, that was and, a game um, that was all about limited 
things like limited view distance, uh, you know, because it came out in the Nintendo 64 era and it, it's like it was even on, on PC. PC. But even on PC, man, it had a wall of fog like five feet in front of you. So it was a little rough. I don't think you remember the PC version as much. But. I, I own it. I got it on GOG. It's, it's like, yeah, the second one was better. Yeah, the well, game, the, the GameCube, the, the, the GameCube two and three were were a lot better. I yeah. still can't get past the first mission of Rogue Squadron two. I can't. Hey, you know what else? Four times. You, what, so there's far. a there's a theme. Right? What's the shitty parts of Rogue Squadron two and three, where you got to run around on foot? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, not not in two. Two didn't. I have thought that. only three. three yeah, one three. That three, three uh, well, the one had that. Yeah, I heard. I heard that was terrible. Yeah. You like yeah. ride around on a freaking tauntaun. Oh like, come I'm on, good. come on. Uh, well, you thought um, the controls were bad on the outside. Another oh, game. Oh, nice. Oh, graphics are terrible on the inside. Another game I was going to mention with I think OK usability are the Star Wolves games. I don't know if you guys have played those. Um, they're kind of best voice to- acting ever. Oh no, they're not. <laughs> they're so rough. Oh my god, uh, folks! If you haven't played the Star Wolves games, they are available on Steam. They came out in the uh, the mid aughts where it was a dry period of space gaming, and so a lot of the games we got were from Eastern Europe or Russia, and so the voice acting was not great. And, yeah, uh, it's like shut off the voice acting. Just listen to the subtitle or read the uh, subtitles, and, and you'll be in fine. Russia. A ship flies you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. What what's Spaz? What is that old. Star Wars never... thing? The where they like translated it to Chinese and then back into English and to yeah, Turkish. Yeah. Or... It's referred to as uh, the backstroke of the West. Yeah, thank you. Cut of Revenge of the Sith. And yes, it was indeed translated by um, by bootleg Chinese uh, people into oh into Chinese from English, and then back to English. And it is mostly incomprehensible. There is a video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is a video of it uh, where I actually linked it in the Discord a while ago, and it's yeah, the I entire watched, movie. I watched some of that, <laughs> and it was like, "What the hell am I watching?" Like it's none of this. Like, how could anyone understand what's going on with this dialogue? Like, well, originally it was just the subtitles, mm. but then a dub team took oh, that really? that subtitle script, oh. and then they redubbed the movie, which is what that video is. Amazing. <laughs> and then, if you really want to get meta for it, you watch that version of the movie with the riff tracks, because well. Yeah, it becomes amazing after. That. Wow, that's actually not a bad idea. I should. Do I've that. done it. I've I done think, it. It's I think great. we're gonna do that. I think we're we're gonna do that. Uh, that sounds like a great. That sounds like you get like a couple of bottles of wine. You sit back and you load up the riff tracks for that version. Put the put the YouTube on your. TV. What do you mean wine, Brian? You're in California. You get some giant bong hits and some edibles. No, I don't, go to town. I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm I'm more. About I know that. that's half your problem. Do you know how like better <laughs> it would be? Jesus. Um, no. Just do an edible. Get super nope. fucking paranoid and then do the show. Nope. Be like, <laughs> not happening. Um, 
Where was I? Oh, yes. So back to, um, so you guys, if you haven't played the Star Wolves games, we got on a big tangent about voice acting in there. Uh, they're real time, like tactical role playing space combat games where you don't fly the ship yourselves. Like, but you like have a, it's kind of like a real time strategy game, but like kind of XCOM in that you only have a few units and a mothership and whatnot. And they're actually really good games. Um, but like, there's some weird interface foibles. Like, anytime you jump to a new system, like if you're having them, your fighters follow the mothership. You have to select them again and follow the mothership again. It's like I just told you to do this. Why did I tell you to do this again? It's it's mainly quality of life stuff. Yeah, the, yeah. The game itself, the once you're actually in the thick of it, it's great. Yeah, uh, oh, that no, applies yeah, to absolutely. all three of them. Yeah, now they're all great games, and you can get them for like a song on the next Steam sale or whatever, if you haven't played them. They actually are quite pretty still. And hint, hint, next month. Is there, a, is there a sale next month? There's always a Chinese New Year sale. Oh, God, that's right, Chinese New Year You know, the Humble Bundle winter sale has not quit yet. I don't it's know if it will ever end. It's yeah. still going? What? It is still going. I'm, no, I got isn't. their page up right that's now. It's like the I'm like, longest sale Come on, right? Man. It's like when they say winter sale, they they mean all winter. It must be an all winter. Oh no, it yeah. ends January twenty fourth, which is in two days. Oh. Well, get on that, folks. If you haven't bought a thing yet, um, right now you can get a Cultist Simulator for fourteen ninety nine, or um, oh, what's another thing? Wreckfest for thirty dollars and fourteen cents. That's an interesting price. Um, that's a great game, by the way. Um, but uh, where was not it? to be confused with Rectum Fest? That's a, uh, that's a entirely different. So I don't know if any. You, I don't know if any of you guys have played this, but this one might get me some guff. I think, even with all its complexity, I think the rules of engagement games had pretty good usability, especially given how much you had to work with with those games. Uh, have you guys played them at all? Any of you? I I did back when sixteen colors is all you got. <laughs> yeah, this was VGA, EGA, or CGA. I just remember the game was primarily hot pink and yellow. And it was like, hmm. Oh, you had to really like that. Yeah. So basically, folks, this game is like you know the L. They call it on Star Trek: The Next Generation. They call it L cars. Um, I forget what that means. Does anyone remember L-cars. what that means? That's the name of the interface on like yeah. the Enterprise and whatnot. And that's what this game emulates, like to a freaking T, you know? And um, so there's so many buttons and there's so many screens. And you can only have four screens up, but there's like 30 screens. And so you have to cycle through them all the time. Uh, and you, so you might have a tactical screen, a communication screen, and there's a lot going on. These are full-blown Starship simulators. So there's a lot going on. And yet, even with all these buttons and all these controls, it's still, like, so much fun. Oh, uh, library computer access and retrieval system is apparently what LCARS means. Thank you, Memory Leak Death, over on, uh, over on Discord. <laughs> That's a crazy-ass acronym. I wouldn't have thought that. But, um, yeah, so if you guys... Computer. So if you guys haven't played Rules of Engagement 1 or 2, they're, they came out in the early 90s. They're from Impressions, which went on to make city builders like Pharaoh and Zeus and Caesar. Um, but they're... Good games. 
Right. If you want like a detailed starship simulator, they're still like top of the list next to Klingon Academy. Is, it, I'm, is that the one that integrated with Breach? Yep. And then you could do yep. boarding action. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Rules of Engagement 1 integrated with Breach 2, and then Rules of Engagement 2 integrated with Breach 3. <laughs> so, not confusing at all. Um, but yeah, in certain scenarios, you can also build scenarios in the game. I don't know how people exchange them, but you can build scenarios, and if uh, it had the right flag or whatever, you could actually do a boarding action in, in Breach. Which Do you have a flag? <laughs> No, we don't have a flag. It's our country. We don't need one, you bastard. <laughs> uh, never gets old. He's going on tour, by the way. If you guys, if you, I don't know if you know that he's going on a Eddie big Izzard. tour. Eddie Izzard, yeah, he's going on a big tour. So if you guys haven't seen him live, definitely do so. He's great live. He is great live. Did you ever see the Showtime show, The Green Room? The you Green can get room? all the episodes of it on YouTube. No. Never yeah, it's it. a bunch of comedians like sitting around in a circle, BSing with each other, kind of thing, with an mm. audience around. Yeah, there's but, an, there's yeah. an Eddie Izzard episode that's pretty good. Oh, I believe it. He's he's. I, I saw him at a small show once do like test material, you know, and um, yeah. and uh, that that was such a stream of consciousness show, like none other I've seen. <laughs> Yeah, this like, this show's pretty weird, right? Because like sometimes it's a bunch of guys that get along and they're just there trying to make each other bust up and it's complete improv, right? And then some of the other ones, they get some people that don't like each other and I thought there was going to be a fist fight on one of them. I was just oh like, gosh. "Oh damn." And yeah. So it's it's interesting. I th- I think it got significantly worse in the second season because they got a lot of people that were uh, more political, right? So then it turned into like, let's have political spats instead of jokes. <laughs> so, yeah, but the first season was gold. So it's called The Green Room. Okay, yes. I'll have, have to look that up because it was a Showtime jam. I'm a huge fan of stand up comedy, so I'll have to look that up. Have you been to mm-hmm. the comedy store? It's right down the street from you. Yeah, the one in Pasadena? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's the Sunset Strip. The one in Pasadena is something else. But yeah, I've been to the Improv and the Comedy Store and the Magic yeah, Club. Yeah, because Comedy Rosa Store Beach. is where, where like, uh, Joe Rogan, Andrew Dice Clay, Joey Diaz, all those dudes hang. I saw... It's like, um, if I come out there, that's what I come out there for, other than to hang out with you, is we're going to the freaking Comedy Store. I, I think I saw Jim Gaffigan there years ago. Yeah. When I used to, when I used to go out at night. <laughs> back in the days when I would go out on weeknights. Uh, (laughs) I think I saw Jim Gaffigan there. Oh, no, and I accidentally saw Pauly Shore there once. Because apparently... Accidentally? Were you there the night Pauly Shore had the guy punch him out? Well, I think think that's the club that one of his relatives or his parents own. So he does sets there quite a bit. And I just walked past a room, and there's probably sure. So I stepped in, like because they didn't stop me. So I stepped in and watched a bit of his set, and he was actually really funny. Why not? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that guy. Um, yeah. So besides, L- listen to oh. uh, li- listen to some Joey Diaz stuff. I'll send you some links, right? Joey Cause, Diaz. Cause he, 
Yeah, he's okay. one of Joe Rogan's buddies, but he was okay. like a, a New Jersey Cuban gangster oh, and then went to prison for kidnapping and stuff and then cleaned yeah. his act up and got into comedy after. Oh, that sounds interesting. That guy can just tell story after story after story about real stuff that he did that you can't even believe that All he right. survived. Real quick tangent. So, what is ever who is everyone's favorite stand up? Uh, Jim, I'll start with you. Who's your favorite stand up? Oh God. I don't even have one. First person it, that comes it, you to know, mind. Uh, honestly, I'm going to say like 1960s Bill Cosby. Mm. That's that's what because I, I have the records, right? Like the old 33 yeah, he was, LPs. He was funny back and in the day. That, Say what you dude, want. that was the first yeah. thing, that, was, the first stuff that I ever heard of stand-up I comedy mean, he, was, oh. was that, you know, like like, you know, Frankenstein and smearing green jello on the couch and the, yeah chicken heart <laughs> yeah it's yeah what about you hunter who's your favorite stand-up would you say just real quick uh man i've got i've got two because they're like pretty neck and neck uh dave chappelle is probably my absolute favorite he's i, uh, I love his white guy voice his white guy voice never ceases to kill me every and then every like a close second to that would be Bill Burr oh, and Bill then Burr Eddie Izzard. Oh yeah, absolutely. What so the, I gave you three, but yeah, that's fine. What about you, Spaz? Oh, I'd go with Dana Carvey. Oh God, he hasn't done stand up in so long. I know, I it's know. So sad. His the last one so... I think that I saw was 2008. I think. Yeah, and that was a great one. Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. Oh, my God. Uh, for me, I have to go with Brian Regan. Like, I I love, 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 love Brian Regan. And for a, he's no longer with us, but uh, Richard Jenny, for a long time, was one of my favorites. And he was great. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. Oh, and uh, who was the other guy who, who suicided? Um, Mitch Hedberg. Robert Williams. No, Mitch Hedberg. Oh, yeah, that too. That oh, too. my God. Yeah. Mitch Mitch Hedberg, oh my God, he Robin Williams is all he he didn't do enough stand up in my opinion, um, but he he was great. I just he, he, I he just was, bought a donut. Why do we need to bring a pen and paper into this <laughs> transaction? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, this escalator has suddenly become stairs. We apologize for the convenience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, folks, back to the games. Uh, can you guys think of any other games off the top of your head with decent, not great, not terrible usability before we move on to the poor ones? Uh, you covered a lot. If no, if no one's got any, I got a segue one for you. Go for it. Hit me. We're moving on to poor Here's- usability now. Here's 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 the segue where it's okay usability, but also goes into poor usability, and that's Yvonne. Oh no! Yeah, so no, you're not wrong. One of one of the game's biggest failings is its new user experience. Now, granted, over the years they have made it better, but the level of complexity to that game is just. Silly. Uh, it you know anything from like the user overlay UI 
nonsense mumbo jumbo the market to just all the you know people joke about the spreadsheets but literally it's kind of like you you have to learn how to read what you're looking at because you know most of the time people don't even realize that there's like a compare tool in the market like you can compare items with each other to kind of see which one that you're really looking for really I didn't know yeah, that either. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, so like you can compare different like items like, well, what is this afterburner compared to this afterburner and why are they different? And you can actually bring those up next to each other in like a compare tool like thing that they oh, have. Built wow. But like, know. that's just ridiculous that that game is so depthy that you need that. Um, yeah, that makes sense. The game is the game. The game is beautiful. It's, it's rich in history. It spawns amazing news articles like every six months um the emergent gameplay of all that yeah 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 it's right. pretty impre- yeah. It's, it's it's probably one of the most impressive sandboxes ever made you know I mean, but at the same time it's it's walled garden entry is mm. thick no you're not i can't disagree with you i love that i love eve online i'm getting better at it and yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is a challenge, but th- I gotta say they've gotten a lot better. I mean, when I for, when I first played it back in like two thousand seven or eight, I felt like I was drilling a hole in my head. Like, what is this? But so well, from it, a content from a content perspective, things definitely have gotten better. Yeah, but like the agency is is really great for finding things to do, which they didn't have before, and. For me, I think the new gamer experience was very helpful. Uh, but as I was a returning player, so it it didn't wasn't too difficult for me. So maybe that's why. But it yeah the what is that XKCD cartoon where it's like you know the the learning curves of MMOs and then Eve is like a cliff with a with a with a yeah people people jumping people off jumping of it, off a bulldozer the bulldozer yeah exactly yeah exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I'm going to say uh, the X series. We talked about it earlier. I don't. Th- I mean, they're getting better. They're still not great. Um, I'm going to say Evercron. I, lo- you know, I love those games, but when you need a two and a half hour tutorial <laughs> to to get people into your game, you know that uh, might not be the best usability. I know what they're going for, you know, I know exactly what they're going for, but like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and sorry, Derek, you know, I love you, but let battle cruiser 3000, you've made a really impressive game, but trying to crack open that game, not the easiest thing, you know, it, it's, I I mean I know what you're going for. I know you're going for, you know, in depth, complex, fully modeled, you know. But trying to play that game, <laughs> I don't want to have to remember Alt Shift F nine to do one thing or whatever the. Oh my god! <laughs> and and again to and to cliff right off of that, you mm-hmm. know, it's not even a game yet. But stars, um. Even even in its most like and and yes for those that are listening I do have it I do have access to it I do have an account for it and I do check it out from time to time mm-hmm. and even in its most latest build that game is still just 
like the the user interface in my opinion is the worst Mm, uh, it's it's not great. Yeah, it's not. You great. know, like the the flight stuff. Like, look, way back in the early days, before they added all the walking around bullshit, when it was just the space flight stuff, that felt great, and it was fun, and it was interesting. You had the um, you had the race arena, and then you had like the space or like space combat thing, and you could just like sh- fly around and shoot around in a couple of cool areas, mm. and it felt good. Now it it does not feel remotely. It's because it's so complex because they're trying to simulate every little thing, and it is just just ridiculous. Frying eggs and pooping. Like why? (laughs) Because apparently you can procedural fried eggs, ladies and gentlemen. And apparently you can poop in the game as well, Um, because they have toilets. And apparently we can do that in Ark too. Oh God! But is it procedural? Procedural um, <laughs> I guess the fact that you can use it to make fertilizer. <laughs> yeah, but you can't like poop different shapes. It's like, oh, come look, I pooped a J. Now, <laughs> I hope folks don't get mad at me for this next one. I love this game with all of my heart, but Emperor of the Fading Suns has a terrible interface. Let's just be yes. honest. It has a terrible, terrible interface. It's a great game. Once you kind of grok the interface there it's a great game but oh my god the interface oh my god like i've tried to go back to it and i i play it for like two minutes i'm like nope 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 i can't i can't do this i i I played that game to death back in the day i played it so long it would crash because the turns took too long and used up the memory in the computer (laughs) because that's how buggy that game used to be and just would crash the whole computer like hard and uh I can't do it anymore. It's just that bad. It's just that bad. Um, I would love it if they could revisit it. Like maybe if the Snowball Armada thing does well, you know, that's hopefully game. Noble Armada does well. Yeah, that that's another game that needs work in the user user interface. Just saying, it's not done yet, so I didn't feel fair in completing it. But that it included it. But woo. I I mean I love you guys. Work on that. I love you, holistic. But yeah, you need a little work on that one. Um. So this one's a bit weird. Uh, inter inter Independence War two. Great game, but unmodded. You're gonna want to kill yourself with that goddamn interface. Oh, the map, dude. The map. Not not just the map. Just anything. Just but the map especially. But like that. That hat-based interface where you had to go click, 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 click. No. Just give me a goddamn menu. (laughs) For God's sakes. Which is what they modded in with the map. They modded in a thing where it was just a simple list of destinations. Just boom, done, go. Great. But that map especially, oh my God. It was like you had to memorize what was where and then drill down into it. Oh my god! It's and like, even oh, then, I remember that. I remember that this sun has this planet that has this moon. Mm. It takes three clicks to get there. Oh my god! And even even then, it's like, oh, I flicked the hat the wrong way. Now I'm in another system. I gotta go back up and then over and then down and then down again. It's like, oh my god, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a thing that uh, again, thirty thirty death war did everything right. Oh my and god! All all games everything. should be thirty thirty. 
Yeah, if if you guys are making a space game, look to games like Thirty Theory Death War for an example of how to do interface right, how to do transit right, and how to do dope freaking B movie references. <laughs> because when when I found Willard the robot in there, <laughs> I lost my mind. Oh, God, amazing! That was funny and amazing soundtracks, amazing music, like amazing eighty style music. Oh my god. Um, the last game I was going to mention for poor usability is um, Star Trek Bridge Commander. I can't stand that game. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that game just annoys me to no end. Like, I think Bridge Crew is a much better interface and better gameplay. Oh, by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 Bridge Crew was like, it was like they made it complicated for the sake of just being complicated. Like, you're on a starship, so we're going to make this hard on you. Like, why? <laughs> why did you do this to me? You didn't need to do this. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I don't know. I liked it. It's, it's, it's like, once you get past the interface, the game isn't bad. But I really fought with that interface for a while. And I, I kind of never got over it. <laughs> like, why did you need to do this? Like, just copy the interface from Starfleet Command. That was great. And it feels so dated now. Oh, That's God. the other thing. Is it just does not hold up well at all. So trying to go back to it now is just... Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an exercise in frustration. Which like, leads me to the other game I was going to mention. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Star Trek Birth of the Federation. Oh! Oh! Now, yes. now, now... Don't get me wrong. I actually liked this game back when it was new because I played it a lot back then. Right. But its interface was horrendous. The, oh, God. The micromanagement was... Oh. So in order to... Let me, let me just lay this out for the listeners here. In order to actually handle all of your production for all the planets that are in your empire... Mm-hmm. You have to actually go to each one and set them up individually, which means every turn, every time there's, oh, maybe four or five things that get done and you have to add more stuff to the queues. You have to go through each individual planet to make sure that you're actually adding the stuff you need to, because there's not really much in the way of an AI governor to say, build this. You got to set up your queues manually. The space combat was actually the best part of it. And it's because it was turn-based, and if you had a just a few ships against just a few ships, it was great because each ship could have individual maneuvers that it, that they take on, uh, whether they're going to try to joust with the other ship or the tactics you take or how you're going to try to position your ship to maximize your shield facings. All of those things were awesome, except when you were dealing with battles that had... 50 ships and 50 ships on each side or or even more than that. It just became a blob on each side and you couldn't control much of anything except to send them in big groups and hope that, well, one side destroys the other and it's not yours. Right. And then, of course, there was the other part about it with the, <sighs> the bugginess of the game. Uh, after about 60 turns, the game could actually freeze up just because there would be memory leaks and it was just not well optimized. That said, if you get past all of that, you could actually have a fun time. Right. (laughs) 
Now, you remind me of another Star Trek game I played recently that just has terrible usability. And that's Star Trek Legacy. Uh, one of the yeah. one of the few Star Trek games from Bethesda of all people. Um, once it wants to use a gamepad, I think, and the yeah. controls make apparently the controls are better on the consoles than the PC. Apparently, I read, but on the PC they're just mind mind numbingly terrible. Just it made no sense. They made absolutely no sense at all it, it was uh, actually, legacy was just a stripped down uh stripped down starfleet command really was 3d movement yeah and and it wasn't good 3d movement like it wasn't fun and the starship combat was so annoying because the controls are so goddamn convoluted like i wanted to enjoy that game because you could fly the defined you could fly the uh refit enterprise which are my two favorite ships but I couldn't. I couldn't get past the first few campaign missions. Like I was just done. <laughs> it was just yeah. Instead, play Star Point Gemini Warlords and then mod yeah. the Defiant in. Which that's which, that's what you should do. That is good, that is what everyone should do. That's what everyone should do. Because one, it's a yeah. great game. Which, and two, by the way, it's on sale. Is it again? Like now? I think over at God. Is it? Hang on. I saw a tweet from those guys yesterday about, hey, if you missed it on the whatever sale, and it's on. I'm not sure it. where. I'll look at. Uh, is there any deal, real quick? Um, but yeah, folks, if you haven't gotten Starpoint Gemini Warlords, especially to fly around to Defiant, it's it's worth it for that alone. I mean, it's a great game, but being able to fly around Defiant. Oh, it's on sale in a few places. Um, Let's see. Yeah, right now the cheapest place price is Game Billet. There's that belay. I don't know. Billet? Game Billet. It would be Billet. Billet? Uh, B-I-L-L-E-T? Game Billet? Uh, $7.18 right now. So if you guys haven't bought it, go to Game Billet. <laughs> Buy that damn game. Because it's really great, actually. And And you absolutely need the Cycle of War DLC. You need all the DLC. That is, to be honest. It, yeah, you need all the DLC. But if you're only going to get one, get that because it changes up the game significantly. More ways to play. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that adds the aliens, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, the pirates as yeah. a playable faction. Oh my god, I gotta get back into that game. I played it once when I got the new computer, and it was like, oh, this is so pretty. But I haven't really touched it since. I need to get back into that. Uh, any other games we can talk about with poor usability before we start wrapping up? Um, Apollo 4X. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Oh, no, shit. No, no, it's no, been no, so no, long. No, no, I forgot no, no. to read the I forgot to read the rules on the Discord again. <laughs> I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Son of a bitch. I was really hoping that would never. Okay. Well, one one uh, game. So look, I, look, I'm I'm getting back into this. I'm a. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny though is over on Explorminate. Do you guys listen to to Nate on Explore? Sometimes. Uh, have you ever noticed how many times Apollo 4X comes up whenever they talk about shit they hate? <laughs> no. 
it's still man they get oh, no. they get my dead horse out and beat it like oh. i would say at least once every three months oh well you know what they say about a dead horse you beat it until it's funny again <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard that that's great uh, i guess another game i forgot to put on this list for poor usability is even though i love it stars do you guys ever play stars oh yeah I guess it's a great game it's a great game, but my God, that interface. It is like prime Windows 3.1. <laughs> like, not Windows 95, y'all. 3.1. <laughs> and wow, that interface. So many drop down menus. <laughs> Just drowning it in drop down menus. It hasn't aged well in terms no. of, of oh, no. why. But its gameplay is still pretty solid. It's still really you know, solid. People, people still play it, like over email and stuff. People still play it. You believe that? I believe it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I think that's it, though. A- a- anyone else have any additions before we wrap up? Okay. So we're going to wrap it up here, folks. Uh, just a couple of quick programming notes. Um, uh, Thursday on the LAN party, we uh, Spaz and I are going to be auditioning a new long play game. Uh, we are going to try Divinity Original Sin and see how we like it. Uh, is that an original sin? Yes, this is an original sin. We're going to try. Apparently, that game in co-op is amazing from what I've read. And uh, what little I've played of it has been really good. So I would hope that the co-op is great. Uh, so we're going to be playing that on Thursday. And then next Tuesday... For the podcast, we're going to uh, have kind of a check-in show, and I mean this in two ways. One, I'm going to go back and look at our old episodes and try and suss out where a lot of the games we talked about ended up. Like, for example, Rogue System, sadly, is still not done, even though that was like our third episode (laughs) six years ago. Um, Star Citizen, clearly. Um but there are games that have been finished like rogue galaxy. So uh, we'll probably talk about the ones that weren't finished and, um, and just disappeared. A lot of games just ended up going nowhere and just went, which is really sad, but there are quite a bit of games that just went like, yeah, like galaxy heist. Excelsior just brought up uh, on Twitch, just brought up galaxy heist. Very good mention. What the hell have happened to them, those guys? So, yeah, we're just going to try and go through and find out what happened. And then uh, we're also going to check in with each other. Like, what are we playing lately? And what's really has our attention? So uh, it'll be a fairly random show next week. Uh, but it's good to do that every once in a while. Just, you know, check in with each other and uh, shoot the shoot the stuff. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. So, folks, thank you so much uh, for listening. This has been a fairly random show, but we got we talked about a lot. It was a really fun show, and the chat has just been off the hook tonight, especially on YouTube. Like, thank you so much, everyone over on YouTube, for uh, chatting with us and each other. That's been just great to watch. Uh, if you want to chat more, head over to our Discord, if you haven't already. Uh, we have a really active Discord, and we invite you all to... Uh, to head over there. And, uh, oh, I, I forgot to mention, we've uh, finally launched a swag shop. I talked about this briefly last week. It's on Teespring. 
It's uh, teespring.com slash space hyphen game hyphen junkie. Uh, there's also a link to it in the footer of spacegamejunkie.com. It's the Teespring logo. And uh, you can get shirts and tote bags if you're an NPR listener and uh, all sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, and help support the uh, cost of hosting and whatnot. Because, you know, and and paying for restreams so we could Twitch on multiple services, things like that. So, um, so yeah, every little bit helps. So thank you everyone for watching and chatting and for you folks listening on MP3. Thank you for listening and subscribing and we'll see you next time. Have a great one folks. Bye-bye.